Boys. Yeah. Oh, the boys are here. They're nervous. They're calm. <laughs> Boysies. Get rarer. Why is this happening to me? Me. We're not getting Maccas and you can blame my son. <laughs> Get a few today, did you? It's great to contractually be obliged to be here. <laughs> <laughs> is anyone going to listen to this or what? No, I actually don't know what, what happens in third grade. <laughs> you either get nude, get in the shower, or we're throwing all your cook gear in, bro. Jamma's like, no chance I'm going to bowl you. 19th century Pax Britannica. The World Cup has begun and our conclusions are in. India will never lose again. Australia will never win again. Pakistani journalists will never answer the country again. Ooh. And New Zealand will never be underrated again. Until the next time. South Africa have three centurions in the same game against Sri Lanka, their own version of the Triple C. Durham Charlotte has an outfield worse than, the fit, than most fifth grade grounds. And everyone just looks really... Really tired. Jake Fraser McGurk is on the show to discuss the sweetest of sweet satisfaction, scoring the fastest ever lift a list a hundred in the history of the sport. And then South Australia still managing to lose the game. Bharat Sundaraisen is on the show, or indeed India Sundaraisen, to give us the rundown of the vibe in India at the moment, or the vibe in Bharat at the moment. There's Lord's membership bands for some world-class fuckwits. Hayley Matthews have the, having the greatest series against Australia of all time. And cricket, maybe, just maybe, getting the nod over flag football and lacrosse at the LA Olympics in 2028. That's before we get into hashtag AskTJC, where we ponder what to do when your girlfriend's dad used to play international cricket. My name is me. He's the other guy. Pezza, the World Cup, it's here. It's here, and we are up and about. Are we? Yeah. I can't even talk in the intro, but I gave it a go. No, you know? that was a great intro. I, I enjoyed that. But we've made that joke about India Sundarayan a few times. Um, uh, he has With consent. He has accepted it. <laughs> I think he accepted it once. Okay. Uh, so we'll see when we chat to him later. Yeah, you're talking World Cup. So where else um, better to start yeah. than he goes than on the domestic front? Of course, with yes, the, yes, with yes, the Sheffield right. Shield. The Sheffield Shield. The Sheffield Shield. Shield. Yes. Around the, the, the global yes. audience of TJC yes. are saying, just give us the fucking Shield stuff now. People from New Zealand tuning in. The Shield Berry. The Shield Berry, yeah, of That's course. Right. Yes, yes, yes. People from all around the globe thinking, yeah, what's happening? Yeah. Tassie VWA. That's right. Vix versus Blue Baggers. GWA look good this year. Yeah, can they do the three-peat? That's what people are asking. If you are, if, if people are new to TGC, the, this this show is the long show. Once a week, trying to cover all of cricket around the globe, or basically the stuff that pertains to our proclivities yes, that we something like. That's funny, yeah. But don't uh, laugh too much. Fuck the day as that's well. That's right. And make sure you do the Sri Lanka South Africa game as well, and New Zealand. Uh, <laughs> do every single fucking do game every of game that, that I've e- seen. That, that yeah, every single game of cricket that exists. <laughs> please talk about it. <laughs> now, yeah, but not like that. You didn't say it the way I, I wanted want to start. It. This is the right place to start. There was a beautiful, beautiful article in The Australian yeah. uh, over the weekend by Pete Lawler. One of the greats. Uh, he is one of the greats. An all-timer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, every time you call someone an all-timer, it just can't <laughs> sound good. Well, three all-timers got suspended from Lords. <laughs> yeah, it was an all-timer on the field in Australia-India as well. Uh, in all seriousness, though, be- like, I love when Pete writes like this. It was a beautiful article from Pete. He does great work in The Australian. Uh, one of those lilting, curving pieces that yeah. like, gently bends through the rustic colour of a day 
at the Sheffield Shield. Perfect. I just want to provide some background to this. This is yeah. important and relevant. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he talked of the colour and the shape of Shield cricket, early season Shield cricket as well, like detoured through his own experiences as a kid, mm-hmm. uh, being taken out to the long wooden benches and sloping terraces of the MCG, coming in from the country with his dad and staying overnight in St Kilda, mm. watching like a young tearaway Jeff Thompson, New yeah. South Wales era mm-hmm. stuff, Brian Tabor, mm-hmm. and you're like, I'm feeling things. This is, a, this is a, again, the mm. scent and smell, which is the same thing, of cricket. Uh, <laughs> the whiff. The, yeah, the, yeah the, uh, the whiff and the waft and the olfactory uh, <laughs> kind of connotations. Yeah. The off-Broadway feel of Shield cricket as well. Like the, um, he mentioned, you know, with Shield cricket at the start of the season, there's the chance to to catch an up and comer before they hit the big time. He mm-hmm. talked about Phil Hughes in Newcastle, 2009 yes. scoring yes. runs with all the big guns around him. He talked about, uh, you know, the jeweler who made the Sheffield Shield. WG Grace gets a mention. Perfect. So I mean, this is a this is an article after my own heart. Lawler does his articles really well. Yeah, he's he's just um. He's, he's writing like matched the experience of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, and cricket at season's commencement, you know, like that you're adjusting the senses from footy. You know, it's a... Totally. Uh, like it's a, it, you know, it's a brighter hue. The movement is more tender than footy. Uh, and then he got to the sounds of the day. <laughs> and this is when it gets really good. It's tremendous. Um, so he said when he was arriving at Cricket Central, you know, New South Wales Cricket's new home um, mm. out at Silverwater next to the jail. Yeah. What's the real jail? Uh, <laughs> Silverwater. Uh, he, he was expecting monastic silence as you would normally expect at a Shield mm. game. But instead, mm-hmm. and I'm going to pick it up from the article here, he was surprised to hear the guttural, consistent hectoring of a goateed man with a very loud voice among the 100 or so in attendance. He goes on to say that Queensland opener Matthew Renshaw, who is running off in his pads for a quick toilet break, is being berated by this bloke whose name is Richard for just that. Running to the boundary in pads, I must look confused as he is talking about an incident at Lords, I think, where the Queensland had moved from a close position to fielding on the boundary while still wearing pads. I remain confused. Later, when a polite and recently dismissed Renshaw asks if Richard is having a good day, he's told he needs to harden up and change his fielding habits. The silliest thing I've seen, he says, loud enough for everyone to hear, and I was stoned off my head at 3am. <laughs> so... Lawler goes on to describe that this bloke, <laughs> this bloke earlier as he tried to enter the ground, had his megaphone taken off him. <laughs> He'd been using it to sledge visitors, sledge the visitors through the fence in the warmer. <laughs> um, uh, Lawler says, ba- barely a ball goes by without him heaping scorn on the Queensland players, but they hadn't stripped him of all his props. When security arrives before lunch to ask him to pipe down, he takes offence. We're not here for a game, mate. We're here to win, he says, before reaching into his bag for what looks like a gold-painted dildo on a plinth. <laughs> Richard announces that the security guard whose diet he finds as concerning as Renshaw fielding in pads is this week's winner of the Golden Turd Award. <laughs> I wanted a riot here today like Sabina Park 1981, but a new modern riot. It's cricket, not Wimbledon. He says his golden tongue and acid wit has him barred from Sydney radio stations. And then (laughs) stories spill out like beans from a split bag. I should have been a lawyer, but I'm too pedantic, too right, Mm -hmm. he says. Richard claims he holds a record for bowling 41.5 overs unchanged for the Barbarians in part cricket. Now, when I read this line... 
I started ticking off. Yeah. You know? Cause yeah I don't yeah, think yeah. there'd be a huge crossover between uh, paying subscribers to the Australian <laughs> and consumers of Brown Cardigan. <laughs> uh, but but I, 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 I yeah, fit yeah. that Venn diagram, yeah. as do you. Walk and chew gum. Yeah, walk and chew gum, baby, yeah. you know. And uh, people who are consumers of Brown Cardigan might have happened across uh, a clip of a guy uh, talking about his own experiences playing cricket. Now, I want to say before we kick it off that – when I first heard this, I didn't really want it. Like, people sent it to us. We didn't yeah. really want to sledge this guy. He's just talking about cricket. I think it's kind of funny yeah. what he's saying. He might uh, he might have had a colourful existence and, uh, and and done a few Ks in his time, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and all power to him. But it just sounded sort of familiar to what Lawler was talking Ooh. about, so I just want to play this clip. Sean Abbott's dad. You know, the mega player? Yeah. Tell them how many overs you bowled, mate. 41.5 overs unchanged. Unchanged, huh? The best part about it is I wasn't the captain, bro. Somebody got me to do that. I don't think it's a record if you're the captain. (laughs) (laughs) I can just do it tomorrow. 40 hours straight overs, boys. Yeah. How many wickets? Nine for 56. Nine for 56. They hated me. The umpires hated me. The other side hated me. My side hated me. (laughs) I got 300 wickets in my 20 years of playing. Two LBWs. What the fuck? Now, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that might sound like a tall story. No doubt it's the same guy. Yeah. That might sound like a tall story, but it's got the ring of truth to me. Uh, you know? Relatable. Who tells a story so tall about all the wickets and runs he got, but manages to include, like, little details, like, wouldn't get an LBW. Yeah. Everybody hated me. Yeah. What the fuck? Like, that's mm-hmm. that's real life. Wasn't even the captain. Yeah, wasn't even the captain. So, anyway, I just wanted to pay uh, homage to our man who's speaking in tones that, you know, help us kick the cricket season off. If you want to support TJC, you can go to patreon.com forward slash grey cricketing. You can subscribe for 5 or $10 US a month. Uh, and you're going to get all the audio uh, for our reviews for India, Pakistan, England and Australia games in this World Cup. Obviously, you've got hashtag Ask TJC Fridays every single week. We're at the moment, we're analysing psychopathic team talks from Aussie Rules Clubland, mm. uh, which has been good fun. Also, in the Patreon feed, you can now just go straight into, onto your Spotify app. You can search oh, yeah. for TJC Patreon on Spotify and you can unlock the episodes there on that feed if that's the way you want to do it. So it's patreon.com forward slash great cricketer. Pez, uh, speaking of... Uh, I'm a bit confused with the Gospel Coalition as well, though, if you type in TGC. Uh, right. The Spotify. But yes. that might be a good feed too. To Could be, be a good crossover. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, a couple of rare units, uh, let's talk about the Lord's Trio suspension. Mm. Uh, three members, uh, the three members involved who have been sus- suspended by the MCC who have not been named by the club were found to have been abusive, offensive, or use inappropriate language or behaviour. The club wrote to its members on Thursday to tell them of the men involved had been permanent. One had been permanently banned. Uh, another suspended for four and a half years, and a third member suspended for thirty months. Uh, how long is that? That's two years, two and a half years, two and a half years, I suppose. So there's uh, there's there's three blokes. So I say, uh, well played, Usman Kawaja, tricked them, uh, tricked them into being massive yeah. cunts. <laughs> But also it was. But also, just like sandpaper, only three knew. It was only three. <laughs> I wonder what they're going to do with Java. <laughs> <laughs> what an absolute fucking piece of shit that yeah. guy is. Yeah, I don't really know what to say. I mean, I, and you know, it's like anything. Speaking about any, um, mm. you know, b- behavioural or social cultural issue from any other country, you know, the mere mention of it uh, unleashes yeah uh, trolls and essentially uh, kind of 
requests that we don't speak about them. Yeah, that's so, right. It is. You know, yeah, it, it does. If something that happened in another country that's funny and bad, Yeah, uh, just talk about it, make light of it. Um, no, don't do that. It's a tricky one, isn't it, man? Because, like, I mean, just every tournament all the time, I just think about the tournament before and how fucking grim it was just in terms of uh, just just general commentary, discourse. And I remember just people thinking about, like, fuck, Kawaja goes on a bit, doesn't he? Doesn't he fucking whinge all the time? Yeah, it's like, fucking hell. Literally, bloke's been banned permanently from Lords. I remember um, during COVID, Lords, because there's a – there's a 29-year wait list to get into the MCC, get into the Lords membership. And during COVID, because obviously no sport was being played, so to support the, the survival of the club, you could skip the 29-year wait list if you paid, I think it was eighty-five or 90000 Australian dollars. So that's the kind of bunts you're looking at uh, to try and skip in and, uh, and get into the members. It's the kind of bunts we're talking about. So this guy's, uh, you know, he's obviously done his time uh, mm. to get into the club, uh, mm. probably through birthright. Uh, and uh, see you later. Uh, but I suppose that's what you get for being a massive fucking knob. I suppose that third member got suspended for 30 months. So he's back for the next Ashes. They wanted him back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just to help with the vibe. <laughs> um, so yeah. he must have been the one that was tripping them or something as well. So they might assist sort of keeping Nathan Lyon out or something like that. Yeah. So. I mean, I know I know people who uh, who were members at Lords who were like genuinely like really upset with what happened, like in terms of the behaviour of, of some of those people. So, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, but I'm sure some people that's like what they said well, to so. their Aussie friends. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah but behind that, their, posh, that, behind their posh backs, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> They're giving it to us. Yeah, no, one of, one of my mates told me that, yeah, the uh, – and I think that this is public knowledge, but the – Whoever, the, like the president or whoever this, the head of the pavilion was at the time, like gave a massive speech at lunchtime, mm. uh, like giving it to everybody who got involved <gasps> in that. And then when the Aussie players came back out, they were getting cheered and fucking roared, you know, like back <laughs> onto the field. <laughs> it players are so like, confusing. what the fuck's going on? They're just fresh from the Bears, though, incident. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, rattled. God. Man, how could you not be rattled? Oh, my God. You know I mean? Hey, speaking of rattled, um, what about that time when Jake Fraser McGurk, who is on the show, hit a 29 ball 100 and a losing side? Yeah. Um, so he was, uh, I haven't got the scorecard in front of you. Was he, he was, he, he was, he, he was opening the batting. Was, was he, he batting three? Three, I think. Batting three. Uh, Tasmania scored a record in the Marsh Cup in uh, Australian domestic cricket, hitting 420 something. Yeah. So they need to go to a good clip in the chase. Mm. Uh, Jake Fraser McGurk hit him at about 320, 29 ball 100, got out for 106, I think it was. I should have had the scorecard in front of me, but I don't have it. Um, absolutely fucking electric batting. Uh, I suppose the fact that we're going to talk to him on the show to get his sense and feelings about what he said to the boys afterwards is, is sort of the key element here. But yeah. um, Start out to burn it too much. Yeah. I mean, that is that is some absolutely electric hitting, and I think he needs to um, he needs to be in the World Cup squad right now. Oh, yeah. Calls for um, Fraser McGurk to come in for for Nathan Lyon to come in, anyone who's sort of playing okay at the moment yeah. to come in. Don't you feel slightly off though that he's gone past De Villiers? Like, you know, like as a, you know, and also of course, Corey Anderson, New Zealand's finest. Oh, really? He's taken over Rando, hasn't yeah. he? Uh, yeah, CA. Yeah, 125, 125. Uh, so he could have gone on with it as well. Fraser made good. Um, oh, is that 125? Yeah. Oh, I've short changed him. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Yeah, his second, his second 50 came off 11 balls. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, some of the some of the stroke players. I'm sure many people have seen it, but yeah. it, it is fucking. It's electric. a bat swing. Yeah, it's a it, bat swing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. At the old Karen Rolton over there. Yeah. Um, other other. We just we'll just round up the, the uh, domestic cricket before yeah, we please. get into before I got, we get I got into, domestic cricket as before well. we get into the World Cup. So um, so New South Wales have had a tremendous season already by not losing every game, um, and they were in a, they were right in front in a game against Queensland there, and then uh, Nisa and Jimmy Pearson saved the saved the match for Queensland. Nisa hit 140. Jimmy Pearson hit 106. Mm. Um, who said who 
well, who fuck who was it? Who said that uh, Nisa is Australia's wokes? Who who was that? Was that Lion? Fuck someone should have had that as a note. Um, Nisa fucking hell, unbelievable. I mean, his his batting has improved. I mean, he's always a decent stick, but it's his market improvement. I don't know how many hundreds he's got now for uh, for Queensland, but fuck, 140 and 106 for Pearson as well, saving the game for Queensland. And then in the... Uh, he loves 100 in first-class cricket or hates it. He's at, yeah, he hates, he hates it. 100. Fuck hates hell. a ton. Uh, and then in the one-day game, uh, New South Wales versus Queensland, again, New South Wales right in front of the game. And then uh, Grinda Sandu and uh, Kane Richardson, playing for Queensland now, had the highest last inning partnership in Marsh Cup history, 73 undefeated mm. to win the game by one wicket. Uh, they were chasing about 200, I think it was. Low scoring game at North Sydney mm. Oval especially. But, uh, so that would mean that Queensland were 9 for 130 or something yeah, like that? 9 for 140, something like that. Right, okay. Yeah. And then 73 for the last pair to... Mm. Uh, that's, to feels, that's got to feel good. Oh, absolutely. Jack Edwards can bowl now though, apparently. So. Six for, yeah, six yeah. run runs as well. Yeah. yeah. What else you got for domestic cricket for the round? Oh, yeah. Okay, and other states played, uh, and uh, you know things happened. But um, I just got this message from, or we did from. Um, it doesn't really matter who. I'm not sure if this is meant to be a non or not. But this came from a patron. This sort of direct messaging that can happen if you join up to patron, and uh, it uh, it just said that the copy here is. Uh, this changes everything. All players have to register on the... So we're talking about grade cricket now. We're back on the grade cricket domestic scene. Finally. All players have to register on the new Play HQ portal. So this is Australia. Play HQ portal. And this question is part of the process. He DMs the uh, the image. Mm-hmm. And I see a screenshot. Now, grade players or club cricketers across the land will already know what I'm talking about here. Mm-hmm. Privacy settings. Select whether your name may appear on public game centres and statistics pages or on any media outlets or third-party websites that use PlayHQ data to display game results and information. So then you've got this option to update your privacy settings. There's two options. One says public. Display my name on public game centres and statistics pages. That is an opt-in. There's an opt-in situation to display your name. Uh, There's also the option to hide your name publicly. So you have to opt. It's not so much opt-in or out. You have to opt to either hide your name publicly or have it displayed. Now, I see that as a uh, – just, just for background, there's been a transition that's gone on mm. between My Cricket and Play HQ. I don't know the full details of it other than Play HQ is now the, the home uh, for – for club cricketers to basically look at their own statistics and to catfish others. It has already happened in New Zealand as well. PlayHQ is the home in New Zealand. Right, right, yes. right. Uh, and I just thought this is – like clearly this is probably some regulatory requirement or also some um, some wise option to give people to not okay. have to identify themselves publicly. Okay. But to my recollection, it's the first time this has ever happened in cricket where you don't have to actually have your name against your number. Wow. Uh, a huge development in the like, mm. socio-cultural um, yeah. kind of ecosystem of yes. the game um, mm. throughout time mm. till now. Like, if you're having a tough run, can you flick yourself to private? Yeah. Well, that's what I want to know. Can you interchange between the two? Because as we are all uh, masochists, can, yes. you know, it's all worth the pain for that one game where you hit 37 against yeah, the bottom can, side. and when can you make that flick? So like when, when do you, you, when do you have public. to lock it in? Yeah. Uh, oh, S. Perry made 37. Now, just so you know, for everyone out there, uh, the way your name manifests if you choose to remain private hmm. is four, like, asterisk stars. Oh, sorry, eight asterisk stars. Okay. Okay, so I saw – so um, the – 
the um, poster to me uh, sent an example of it, and right. it was a guy batting number nine who mm-hmm. they'd been bowled out. I don't mm-hmm. know who this guy is, obviously. Yeah. Um, they'd been bowled out for a low score, and he made a duck from five deliveries. But instead, it, it said who it was bowled by, a bar, well bowled. Uh, <laughs> eight stars, eight, eight asterisks. So there's obviously – In the scorecard. In the scorecard. So it's just name, 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 name. Obviously the correct no, I don't uh, like this. presentation, I don't like you know, it. like first initial surname. I don't like it. it it's it's a, it's a the, – the scorecard isn't clean anymore. No. I, I kind of okay. do like it why? because, well, it makes you wonder like why people are, are doing it. You know, there, there might oh, be okay. valid reason, you know. There might be witness protection. Cool, cool. Oh, yeah, that was, uh, that was the example, first one. For example, they, don't want, to, they don't, don't, don't want to be identified. I mean, mm-hmm. I think about – I mean, there is a player who's in and around the international scene. I won't identify him any further who, when he was coming through the ranks mm. – uh, posed as a woman online against other state um, uh, junior players he was going to play against. Yep. He was a junior too. And uh, mm. pretended to be a woman to receive a whole bunch of information, essentially catfishing um, <laughs> catfishing players from other states. And then when when they went to play against these states, he knew all this stuff about them, so would stand in the grippers and give it to them. <laughs> so you'd, you would avoid that situation. <laughs> If not, so not, necessarily, get, not necessarily, not necessarily, you know, different to Sarah uh, Lee, which is an ice cream. Of course, of course, of course, of course. Uh, so I just, I just think that's a, a pretty important development before we even get onto the men's cricket world cup that's happened. Yeah. Uh, love other people's views on the, op, the, the privacy option within yep. play HQ. Would like uh, to know. Can you toggle throughout the season or do you have to lock it in? Something mm. to, uh, something to learn about. Yeah. I don't know, man. You know this. This is the uh, this is the strange digital world we live in. In speak, uh, speaking of strange digital worlds, uh, I should have said at the top there that we are seeking your clips for our show. Wasted Saturdays, mm. a new product, uh, and it is a product. To, yeah, that's it's, right. That's how we talk now. <laughs> it's new content we're putting out on YouTube. Uh, trying to get it going every week throughout the Australian summer, at least. Um, Wasted Saturdays, where we get your deepest, darkest moments on the cricket field, or just others you've seen on the mm. internet. Uh, and if you can DM them, DM them, or email them in. Uh, to all the places that you know how the internet works to us. And, uh, we'll put Hashtag it Wasted Saturdays so we can you sure. know, find it, but whatever. We'll sure. just look anyway. All right. Uh, the Cricket World Cup, 20 minutes into the show. Uh, let's talk about Australia losing ominously. They uh, scored 199 against India in the first game there at Chennai. They had India three for two. It could have been four for 20 had Mitch Marsh held on to a catch from Virat Kohli. Mm. In the end, uh, it was a six-wicket win for India with heaps of balls remaining. Kohli, 85. Kale Rahul accidentally hitting a six to finish on 97. Mm, Red, absolutely gutted and devastated to win the first game of the home tournament there um it was concerning in a way now like uh here's here's the line we can draw here or or or, or finally tread shall we say that it's a it is going to be a tightrope australia's lost one game in the world cup they have eight games to play if they win six of those you would almost guarantee that they'll be in for the final four five will probably almost an oxymoron yep five might be enough if you got the uh, net run rate going for you uh, so, you know, long way to go in the tournament. Um, yeah. Tell you what, couple of concerns, though. Couple of concerns looking at uh, that particular nature of the loss. Australia won't play a harder game, you would say, in the tournament. Pezzo, would you agree with that? Chennai, India, you know. Bowling first. Yeah. Dry yeah. as a you know. Yeah. Uh, three spinners, excellent performance. India, far the better team. Too good. 
Australia won't have to face that again unless they go all the way to the big dance, you would suspect. Mm. Um, it's just, uh, fuck, it looked terrible, mm. you know? Yeah, when they, like about a month ago or six weeks ago or whatever the fuck it was, mm. they just dusted South Africa in those T20s, like yeah. playing, like scintillatingly attacking cricket and mm. then the first two ODIs, same again. <clears throat> Tremendous. Uh, and even Marnus was, you know, doing some stuff. Uh, it was sort of, it was exciting because it felt like Australia w- was going to bring this like new mm. enterprising, wildly aggressive style of cricket to the, to the one day world cup, yeah. which had, a, had the whiff of a team that saw the way you won the last world cup and was going to try and improve upon it or bring that kind of vibe to it. Mm. It was scoring at eight and over, even in the losses, they yeah. were still going at like eight, nine, 10 and over. And despite them falling short on the last three occasions, they were still trying to obviously score basically at 10 and over. Yeah. And so you think, Oh, that this is going to be, a rollicking thing to watch. Yes, and yes. when it comes off, it's fucking awesome. But I think, well, we, we viewing that from the sidelines, we're behind that because it yeah. was like, this is something that I can get behind. And yeah. also this is something that can win a world cup. And it has all, yeah, it had all of it those felt like that. vibrations of like, of a plan and intent and something, something, you know, for one of a, like Aussie rules cliche to get around, you yep. know, like a style of play that everybody can get behind. Ange ball. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That whole thing, yeah. you know, bass, ball, ange ball. Like yeah. that, that, that seems ball. to be how you got to play cricket now mm. and sport. Mm. But then, you know, Travis Head gets injured. Yeah. And now it's 1997. Yeah. Uh, you know? Can we defend 230? It, it, like it, do, it does It does feel like that. Like I look at, you're just looking at the team. It's like, mm. where's, is there a statement victory even in this team? Like with the mm. way that it's set up. Mm. Uh, concerningly, like the, the real strength of the Australian team, which is probably, you know, quote unquote, the big three, they they did the business against oh. India better than you could hope for. You, you could and, not and hope it for more than wasn't anywhere near enough. You could you couldn't possibly hope for more than potentially having the side four for twenty in yeah. a chase. Yeah, and still it and still they're losing the game by six wickets with ten overs left. So a couple of thoughts for me: mm. one, like how good does Travis Head feel at the moment? <laughs> like how. How good? Like every man wants this. <laughs> yeah. How good must he feel about his mitts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now. Right, incredible. Like Be- Beckham had a metatarsal injury in 2002. Mm, mm. And chuck him in the old chamber there. He got a 5,000 squid uh like recovery tent at altitude. <laughs> like what are we giving Hetty? Yeah. For his mitts. He's he's sitting out at Karen Rolton with Nugget Reese. <laughs> are we looking after it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's one. Yeah, I like it. I think that Australia looked to me to be like you, you said all the caveats right. It's one game. Yeah. And you're losing against a, a semi finalist. So that's from a zero sum perspective, even better. You know, if, you, if, if a semi finalist takes a game off you, it doesn't matter. You've got to beat the teams that you're expected to beat yes. to make the semis. That's so right. that's okay. That's right. They haven't, they haven't like, they don't have to make a game up, so to speak. Yeah. So that's all good. But looking at the pattern after that second ODI, mm. they just look to have fallen off the steepest cliff possible. Oh, and that like isn't that Travis bizarre? Head and Ashton Agar look to be the most important players in the history of white ball cricket yes. in Australia. Yes. Uh, 
finger spinners seem to be doing all the damage in this World Cup mm-hmm. as is cooked. Yep. Uh, and, and and now and Zampa isn't in form. You know, at the moment, yep. Glenn Maxwell all of a sudden is, uh, you know, like holding the hopes of the nation. Yes. On his digits, but. I th- uh, more broadly, like Australia seemed to me to be in the, like the Saturday, Sunday grind, you know, it's from club mm, cricket. Mm. Like, uh, it, it's like, it's like they've been playing Saturday, Sunday cricket, but all year round, mm. the Australia team, uh, you know, like halfway through a grade season, Saturday, Sunday, like cricket would, they'd be wearing on you. Mm-hmm. Deluxe, mm-hmm. you know, how the way it affects your mentality. Like, uh, you start to dream of the beach, white capped waves, mm. you know, watching men with rippling suntanned physiques walked past your ground. They're, they're with a woman in a sundress. Sure. You know, and you're having, and you're having a look at that and you're like, wow, that's a, that's an alternative life that I could really get That's behind. a weekend. That's a weekend. What's that I can smell? A barbecue. What's that I can hear? Music. Do I, I'm forbidden from mm. listening to any kind of good music at this ground. I'm fucking Kevin Bacon in Footloose. Here's what I'm you know, doing. Walking in with a bowler. That's, um, that's right. I'm fucking. I'm. I'm scoring with Harold, who who's got a dark, colourful history, missing three teeth, and he's the best bloke at our club. That's me. Like I. Like that is. I just feel like that's Australia at the moment. Don't just, they look just knackered, dreaming. Mate. Don't they look knackered? Of arrest. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like this World Cup to them it resembles. I don't fucking know if this is true, but like it resembles a professional undertaking rather than like mm-hmm. the pursuit of destiny, which is probably yep. what a world cup vibe should be. <clears throat> Here are the tournaments that Australia have played this year. Yes. <laughs> the Australian summer finished that into the border Gavaska series, which was obviously a really big one that those guys wanted to win because they were close a couple of times ago mm-hmm. with a white ball series around there. Yeah. Huge, uh, huge achievement for any side to win in India. They took one game off them. First game India had lost first test match. India had lost in seven years. I think it was mm. such as the undertaking there. Mm. Then they had a white ball series straight after that. Australia ended up winning that series two one. I think it was. Um, that's when Cameron Green was opening the batting and he then got himself an IPL contract with the Mumbai Indians straight away. So after that series, then they had the IPL. Then they, uh, Cameron Green, as an example, then came home for, I think, three days. Then he flew back out to the UK three days later to play in the World Test Championship final where mm-hmm. the other boys met up. Then they played in the Ashes for five away. test matches. Yeah. Oh, all this is away. Then they've come home. Then they went to South Africa um, to play three ODIs, three T20s. Is that mm-hmm. right? Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then they've gone back to India again. So in the series. For an ODI series. For an o- series before the World Cup. That's right. That's right. Uh, against India before the World Cup started. So they've, they've got Border Gavaska series, Ashes and a World Cup and a World Test Championship final. Four of the literal biggest tournaments you'll mm-hmm. ever have in your career. Away. All, all away, all in the same space of what, eight months we're talking there. Mm-hmm. Now, the Australian whiteboard program itself has a bit of an issue where, like, our, our guys are just our guys. Mm. So, like, you look at – and I'll include the plays that suit my narrative here. Travis Head, David Warner, Steve Smith, Marnus Labashane, Cameron Green, Mitch Marsh, Alex Carey. That's the test top order. Um, and then you've got Cummins, Stark, Hazelwood. Mm. So I'm not sure how many names I just said then. Is it nine that I've just yeah. said who all play in the whiteboard – who have played every single one of those tournaments? Stark – and Cummins did not play in the IPL. Um, Mitch Marsh got married this year, so he was playing in the 
IPL, then he flew back home for, to get married, and then he came back. I think that's right, isn't it? Yeah, for, for, for Delhi. Um, so uh, I'm just looking at this Australian team, and it's like, they look fucking absolutely exhausted. Also, half of them are injured. So, like, you look at your, your white ball specialist. Now, I know, like, Stark is a white ball player. Warner's, yeah, in terms of specialists, I'm not, again, I'm using language to fit my narrative, but you're looking at like Stoinis, Maxwell, and Zampa are really the guys who would who just play white ball cricket. Agar, yeah. And Agar. Um, all of them are injured, or and I'll include Zampa because he swam into the pool steps. <laughs> <laughs> Zampa is obviously not bowling uh, well at all at the moment. Um, Maxwell is recovering from a broken leg. Stornis has got a hamstring injury. Is that why he didn't play? And who is Agar. and Agar has, has calf, so he's out. So and then what the, the and com- the kid <laughs> and what the conversation now is, is like, hmm, how can we get more test players into this? Uh, <laughs> oh no, Nathan Lyon. <laughs> Nathan Lyon averages 46 in ODI cricket, hasn't played a white ball game for Australia since 2019 in that World Cup where he took one wicket in that World Cup. Nathan Lyon is an excellent, excellent cricketer. The idea that he will fit into this uh, white ball setup having not really bowled, also he's recovering from a snapped calf himself. Come on, guys, what, what are we talking about? This is, not, this is not a program, this is not a setup that is going to win a World Cup at the moment. Now, like, th- but it's funny, literally six weeks ago, it's like, Australia's looking pretty good over there. Mm. Like, you know, Travis said opening the batting, Mitch Marsh at three. Mm. And then once, like, then this is obviously this conversation as well about Smith and Marnus, which we've been having as well. Now, these guys are excellent cricketers. Of course they are. And Marnus has performed really well. But the problem is, and I'm using your language here, off air, is that, like, once you pick Marnus, like, you're sort of announcing that's your ceiling. Now, I'm not sure there's been any um, systemic... Um, you know, uh, like like training to get a guy better than Marnus into the side. Now, Matt Short is obviously there as well, but he was playing – they played – they bat him at seven or eight in one of the ODI games. It's not where he plays. There's obviously an issue with the wicketkeeper who hasn't scored runs really, except for his 99. Again, pretty harsh to leave out a 99 for your country playing in South Africa on a losing side, but there's there's some issues there. His replacement, Josh Inglis, is a top-order player, and he's not a player who is going to be able to – succeed from what I've seen so far between numbers of five and say seven. So um, it's just one game. (laughs) It was against a very good Indian side, the home side. Australia got themselves into a great position to try and challenge that game. But I tell you what, the warning signs are there. Mm, Yeah. I I, I think that's completely right. Yeah. People, I think people overseas will listen to this and go, okay, getting the excuses in early voice. And absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. But he's called the grade cricketer. That's right. That's right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like a, like Welcome. A, yeah, it's literally how yeah. your brain's meant to work. That's right. To create excuses ahead of time, yes. ahead of failures. Yes. Uh, I do think what you outlined there with what they've done this year is true. I, I, it also tallies with um, even brief experiences, you know, talking with the guys. Not that anyone, you know, said anything outright, but just, mm. just you would be fucking tired, you know. But, and and that, that is more time away than any other team. Other teams have issues as well. I mean, England don't look too far behind in terms of their fatigue as well. Again, I mean, yes. again Stokes, only Stokes one game. injured again. Yeah. My, my issue isn't with those players. I, I think if you want you know, to zoom out on mm. why all of this stuff is happening, you mm. cannot separate it from probably a um, 
a, a view that Australian, that Cricket Australia or the high performance department or whatever have taken on this format of mm. the game. You know, like it looks very much to me like, hey, get the guys together for a tour, see if someone's feeling good, see if the golf simulator's working. You know, is the coffee is the coffee good? Can we get a vibe going? Are the boys enjoying listening to Chella Luna? Yep. See if someone wakes up in the morning and has a day. Mm-hmm. You know, I know there's more strategy that goes into it than that, mm. but like th- this would have been the third or fourth order priority of the year, right? And I think it's showing in their performances. I think it's fourth. And, yeah. and I don't think that is really acceptable, to be honest. No. You know, I think that. Uh, all of these factors that we've mentioned, like the onset of injuries, a heavy schedule, these are all things that were forecastable. Yeah. You can see the schedule. So how do you develop a white ball program yes. to ensure that when Australia sends its team to the World Cup that we are amongst the best teams there? You know, The players in and of themselves, when they're at their best, they are world class. But I don't see a lot there that suggests that there is like a unifying style of play, mm. that there's plan B, plan C that is going to hold up against other teams, they look very much to me like a team, one game only, mm. but a team that could very easily be like 0-4, 1-3, and yep. with a tough start to the tournament. So, you know, what does that mean? It probably means that, like, a white ball program a few years out might have anticipated something like this and developed a team whereby there's, like, fit, fresh, hungry guys for the the apex of, of white ball cricket mm. still, mm-hmm. right? But maybe they just take the view that in Australia, at this time of year, like it was last year during the actual T20 World Cup we hosted, <laughs> no one gives a fuck because Clayton <laughs> yeah. Oliver might go to North Melbourne, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, right. Brody Grundy's to, gone, gone to Sydney. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and, you know, how are we going to exchange some draft picks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think England's got a similar problem with, with their injuries. And uh, I reckon, like, you know, it's, I mean, they, their depth is so much more than what Australia And they have, have a style of play. They've developed something. They've developed yep. a system over years. Yes. I, ju- I just, I mean, Australia's next game is against South Africa, who are just red hot <laughs> exactly at the moment. Exactly what I run into. And then the next game after that, I think, is Sri Lanka. Mm. And then the game after that is Pakistan. Mm. So you're looking at, like, I mean, just in the nature of the, in the nature of the, uh, the tournament, you get many chances to, you know, have a bad day out. But I don't think Australia's game the other night, I don't think that was a bad day out. I think that was a pattern. I mean, mm. they, they were they were two for 110. That was their game. All that 199. Um, there's like a blueprint laid down about how to beat Australia. Now, like that deck was obviously very suitable for Indian players in Indian conditions. Like they picked three spinners. Um, we've got our quicks and our spinner and Maxwell. Um, and... You know, we've got Cam Green batting down the order. Has anyone ever seen Cam Green do succeed in, in subcontinent conditions batting middle order in white ball cricket? Mm. I mean, it's just, it's bizarre to me. But, I mean, that's kind of what we're running with. But I look at other teams. I mean, I look at New Zealand again. They're looking fucking fantastic. Uh, England's, you just feel like they've got so much quality in their batting that they'll be able to figure it out. Here's another problem as well, Pez, just in terms of the tournament. So New Zealand are now two from two. Last night they have beat the Netherlands by 99 runs, I think it was. Mitch Santner took Pfeiffer. There's another problem. Left arm spinner who's bound absolutely fantastically. Uh, key in India, you would suspect. Uh, same as when the Test Series, when Kuhneman came in. Um, but uh, New Zealand's run of games is, is now against all the games that they think that they should win. You know, like, so they had... They beat England sensationally in that first game. They beat the Netherlands last night. turned over a big team, massive for the tournament. Exactly. And then they have, I think they've got Bangladesh, Afghanistan, and someone else. Anyway, the next two games is, I think, those two countries. Now, they'll they'll feel like they should win. If they're four from four, they'll probably only need one or two more games to win after that, including one of those games against Australia. Then they're in. India will definitely already be in. So now Australia's playing for two spots out of the other four teams competing, that being South Africa, Australia, England, and uh, who am I forgetting here? And Pakistan. Mm. So 
it's just it's just one game, and Australia definitely have the quality to win lots of games of cricket in this World Cup, and they probably will. But it's um, just the way the draw is panning out. Australia's got a tough it's got, start. It's got a whiff. It's a fucking massive game against yeah. South Africa um, on Thursday. Thursday night. On Thursday night. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's Look, you got a choice on, on the show to, like, go the early crow on it and to, like, put a marker down and go, this isn't – this isn't looking great. It's yeah. got a lot of. It's got a big old waft yeah. of problems ahead. You yeah. know, I hope hope that that's wrong. But I, I also wonder, like again, more macro. I look at teams like India, uh, home team, always has a reason, you know, to win. Like always, there's, yeah. al- there's always some narrative that like sits uh, as something bigger than just the professional obligation of a cricket tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, New Zealand have real reason to win. Yep. You know, they've just been so. Uh, hardly done by in the last tournament. Uh, they consistently make the semifinals. They don't get the opportunity to play as much international cricket due to the economy of the game at the moment uh, and probably into the future. Uh, South Africa could be the last serious ODI World Cup. I know there's one there next time. Uh, let's see if cement owning um, companies let, like, let, let them play. But, you know, they, they have a reason, you know, to, to make right what has been wrong in the last 14 World Cup tournaments or whatever the fuck it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pakistan being in India, you know, they yeah. have a reason too. They've got, they've got injuries and I think they might find it difficult. But I, when, I, when I look at Australia, I don't, I don't really uh, see a unifying kind of narrative or, or, or togetherness. Got, no. The boys have done it a few years ago. Yeah. They're tired. Mm. Uh, and, and I don't mean it as an excuse. It's, it's actually it's, it's up to the people who arrange the Australian team to put a team together that is fucking fit, firing, and hungry mm. for this tournament. But such is the like the schedule of international cricket. You know, it's it just seems to me like they're on a um, they're the boys are on a tour, and I don't mean to party. There's no partying over there. I think really they just they're, they're they're playing some cricket. They're just they're just in India again. Yeah, they're just they're just in India again for the yeah. third time this year for most of them. Yeah, um, and they look fucking. Injured and exhausted. Yeah. Cam Green. It's just one to watch, I reckon. Like, uh, I mean, you mentioned everything he's done up until this tournament. And what, what's he got after this? Like, so Australia, Australia has to play India again in T20s T- after this. Five, five T20s. Five I think. T20s. Three, three or five. It That's got to be five. drunk Australian threes T20s team, sure. Oh, and India when they yeah. win the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then. He'll have the Australian the, summer. The Australian summer comes after that. Then they and go to New Zealand. They go to New Zealand in February. Then the IPL starts in March. Yep. Uh, and, and then, then it's the T20 World Cup up. starts four days, four days after, after the, the IPL finishes. Yep. Yep. And then there's a break. Oh, yes. well, there's the MLC. But, you know. Yeah, but I don't think he's playing that. Yeah. So that's so that's that's more cricket for him if selected. I mean, he would have hardly been – he would have been home in terms of like days this year. Yeah. So he wouldn't have been home really since like the Shield season that started last year, Shield yeah. Berry. 2022 could go like uh, the season could go all the way through to mid 2024. Yeah. Uh, and I think he's, and that's across formats and all sorts of stuff. Uh, and I think uh, it's probably showing in his performances. Yeah. One to watch. And then at the end of that summer, it'll be India coming out yeah. for the test series. So he'll have basically between August and November yep. off. They're looking good. <coughs> Sri Lanka absolutely demolished. Uh, sorry, South Africa absolutely demolished Sri Lanka uh, with three hundred makers. Uh, that was De Kock, Van der Dussen, and Markram? Aidan Markram hit a yeah. forty-nine ball hundred. That's oh, the good. fastest ever ODI World Cup hundred. They look fucking fantastic. And again, quality spinners, quality same attack, batters that have got great records in India, IPL players, looking pretty good. That's a massive game on Thursday night for Australia. 
Um, geez, India looked good. Uh, India and Pakistan against is this Saturday night. Uh, the news there is that Shubman Gill has dengue fever. Uh, he's going to miss the Afghanistan game, uh, which is Wednesday. Um, but, uh, geez, India just looked super impressive. Um, well, they have motivational messages in their dressing room uh, for their World Cup Open uh, against okay. Australia. That helps. A4 paper, um, just a little photo printed on it, laminated. Mm-hmm. Um, this is from, uh, well, actually, see if you can guess. When people throw stones at you, you turn them into milestones. Sachin Tendulkar, professional oh. cricketer. Yeah, he's a cricketer. Yeah, that's what it says here, because you weren't aware. thought that uh, might have been Java. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, teamwork, coming together is a beginning, keeping together is progress, working together is success. David Brent. Smashed us. What's <laughs> 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 ours? <laughs> Elite honesty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's just work hard and get these cunts out. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch Marshall would have stopped trying to take chess marks. No. <laughs> um, most impressive performance of the tournament so far, though, you'd have to say Brian Domain, New Zealand. Uh, Devin Conway, Rachin Ravindra, yeah. Mitchell Santner, mm. Matt Henry as well, mm. new ball, excellent. A lot of players in the tournament. Oh, i tell you what, sensational. In that first game, they only had 12, 12 players available. Kane Williamson, Tim Southie, and Lockie Ferguson, all with either recovering from injuries or having niggles. So they only had the 11 that played plus Ish Sodi, and they still absolutely smoked England at the top there. Well, fuck, what's, well, you know, game. like... Like clockwork, really. Oh. I mean, New Zealand, New Zealand just nailed on top four. Mm. They do it every time. Mm. We say and they'll no come. They, they say we say <laughs> they'll come sixth. Yeah, and they finish in the top four. <laughs> can they make another final? One game in. There's, there's, three, there's, three, there's in. three spots. Three there's spots. three spots. No one can stop South Africa. India's the host nation. Yeah. England won the last one. Yeah. Look, we better step up. Can Australia make top half? Got to say. Um. England are playing their next game against Bangladesh. It's actually tonight, Tuesday night. Also, Pakistan and Sri Lanka tonight as well. A couple of big games there. Now, uh, the game for England against Bangladesh is in Durham, Charlotte, where the outfield has been called poor by Joss Butler and also anyone with eyes. Uh, Afghanistan uh-huh. coach Jonathan Trott had concerns. There was You might have seen footage. Uh, Mujib was fielding along the boundary yeah. and almost fucking lost his leg. That yeah. was that was harrowing. I mean, bad. You've seen you've seen images of Durham, Charlotte, which so there was a, supposed to be the third test match, I think, was supposed to be in uh, Durham, Charlotte for the Border Gavaskar series was it the second. Second, no, it was the third game. Yeah. It was the third game. Uh, and then they moved it to um, – fuck, where was it? Where was that game? It was an absolute shit tip of a pitch. Where was it? Oh, well, there was um, Harley, there was Delhi. Yeah, and there was one the after fourth that. fourth one was Emdabad. Emdabad, yeah. And uh, fucking hell. Anyway, so they, they, they moved the game from Durham, Charlotte to wherever that one was. Yeah. Oh, that's going to annoy me um, yeah. because of the state of the outfield. And I suppose about seven or eight months later, the outfield does not look a whole lot better. So um, the England indoor, players, indoor, 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 indoor yeah. that's right. Yeah. Um, so the England players have said they're not going to, um, they're going to second, second uh, think that doesn't make any sense. Mm. Second guess. Now, what am I trying to say? They're going to, they're reconsider diving for the ball. Uh, if the, if it's We've all been there. For great cricket. I mean, Joss, Joss has obviously never played. It's great out here. You, you, you dive, you can get a syringe. You know what I'm saying? Syringe on a used condom on your shoe. 
He's got to toughen up. Yeah, that's right. Uh, ben Stokes is likely to miss that Bangladesh game. He's got a sore left hip. Joffre Archer is actually a travelling reserve for England in the World Cup. He's landing in Mumbai this week. He's not going to play. They've got six frontline seamers, but uh, he's been doing some preparation back in Hove uh, in the UK. So um, he is he's in the country. It's nice to see Joffre in and around the squad. Won't play, but um, again, this is just uh, – yeah, you reckon? Oh, I don't know. I don't, I'm, you know. I'd love if there was some like skullduggery and there was an injury and Joffre's coming in the second half. Gus Atkinson out. Uh, Joffre in. England, 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 there might be an SOS scenario. I mean, I like we'll it. send our SOS to Gaza. Yeah. And uh, England, well, he's, he's, isn't, he's in some kind of squad of theirs, isn't he, Joffre? Isn't he like a travelling reserve? reserve. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, well, well, he's in there. and around. He's in and around in the and squad. Around. I don't mind it either. What about that? Like, you know, just uh, maybe, maybe there's a showdown semi. Against, uh, we've all had plenty of them as well, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, you know, I was watching, uh, yeah, the rooster bat over the weekend, but um, yeah, like you know, showdown semi against India, yeah. Uh, Gosh, Atkinson's picked up injury, yeah, well, that's you know, interesting, yeah. Yeah, Joffre's in, hello, <laughs> he bowls three overs, elbow falls off, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so it's ah, good, it. a good three overs, <laughs> worth it, um. Yes. Okay. So the games this week. So tonight it's England, Bangladesh, Pakistan, Sri Lanka. Wednesday is India, Afghanistan. Thursday is Australia and South Africa. Friday is Bangladesh and New Zealand. Uh, and then the big one on Saturday night, India and Pakistan. Then Sunday is Afghanistan and England. Uh, those are your games before we speak again. Next on this program, if you want to get the reviews for our shows for uh, the, the reviews for all the games involving England, India, Australia, Pakistan, then you can sign up to Patreon and you get the audio into your Spotify feed if that's how you consume TGC. Um, anything else for the World Cup? Not really. Let's talk about safety pairs in Australia and the West Indies women. Australia won the mm. third T20 mm. against mm. the West Indies in Brisbane. Mm. Australia made nine for 119. And this is off the back of uh, Hayley Matthews, of course, uh, stunning the Australian side, scoring 134 of about seven balls. So Australia made 190, Tyler McGrath made 65 off 34, Lise Perry made 40 off 30. They defeated the West Innings by, that is, 47 runs, all out 143. Hayley Matthews hit 79 off 40. Darcy Brown took three for 20. Hayley Matthews scored 310 runs for the series and took five wickets. I can't think of a, a better single perform, singular performance against the Australian women ever. Yeah. Uh, that is absolutely incredible. Uh, she was then injured for the first ODI, which ha- which was in Brisbane on fuck when was that? It was over the weekend, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, Western is all out eighty three. Kim Garth took three for eight. Australia got that two down with thirty five overs to spare. Elisa Healy and Elise Perry did the business again. The last two ODIs are on Thursday and on Sunday in Melbourne. If you want to pop down and get behind the women, the WBBL starts on October nineteen. The Australian women are next in action at the end of January against South Africa, where they have uh, a seven-game series. They've got three T20s, three ODIs, and the test match is going to be held at the Wacker this year. That's in mid-February. Um, so that's what's happening with the women, but uh, just sweet relief at last, Pezza, that um, they have not lost more games of cricket, although there is another game on Thursday. Now I'm scared. Well, no, uh, Hayley Matthews, no party. You know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying. So I know exactly what you're saying. She's back in on Thursday. Um, the Melbourne G- Renegades. She's going to play. She's playing for the Gades. Is she? Haley Matthews. So oh, okay. Good, good result uh, for the Gades. So the, of, pick up a couple of big players across the men and the women. And women, yeah. Renegades. Bit of a party. Today's the 10th, so the 19th must be end of next week. We're looking mm. at a Thursday or a Friday, yeah. which we'll they Tuesday. So yeah. that would make it so it's a Thursday. Thursday night. The next Thursday night, the WBBL starts. Something for the eyes. <laughs> 
Uh, cricket at the Olympics, Pez. Uh, cricket is set to return to the Summer Olympics for the LA Games in 2028, 128 years after the sport made its only appearance. Uh, this development was confirmed by LA28, that's the uh, Los Angeles Games 2028 committee, on Monday in a media release where it stated that cricket, along with baseball, softball, flag football, lacrosse and squash, had been recommended for potential inclusion, inverted commas, as, a new, as new sports to the LA Olympics. The LA28 statement also confirmed that its recommendation would be reviewed and ratified later this week by the, by the IOC, and its executive board meeting in Mumbai now <laughs> between Thursday and Saturday. So this week, there's a there's an executive board meeting of the IOC in, in Mumbai, Mumbai. Yeah, yeah. during the Cricket World Cup. Hello, lacrosse. A- ahead of <laughs> ahead of other <laughs> events in and around India yeah. in the next little while, and you're telling me that. They'll review yeah, that, the yeah. inclusion of cricket yeah. or not, but it may end up just being, say, baseball slash softball. Yes. Is that, is that some kind of hybrid game? Well, no, 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 because the the women don't play baseball. They play Oh, is that why softball? it's written like yes. that? Okay, got it. Yes. Yeah. So you, you walk out at the at the end of the board meeting in Mumbai mm. uh, with all of the IOC paraphernalia. There you are in India, India mm. flags deluxe, mm. no doubt. And mm. you're like, look, the new sports are going to be lacrosse, mm. flag, football, and squash. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck getting out of the country. Uh, yeah, exa- yeah, exactly. Did they get visas? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, I'm, I'm pumped for that. Uh, but people are. I, mean, I haven't really given much thought to this. What's new? But did, where, do you, where do you fall on the whole Olympic question where people believe the sport should be the – like the Olympics should be the apex of that sport and that other team sports like or, – or, or individual sports like a like a tennis or a golf or even a baseball or whatever, they have their apex in, you know, domestic or other international mm. contexts and that Olympics can sometimes feel like a, a little bit of a periphery um, or basketball, the same thing, a peripheral consideration at times. You can barely cobble together the best players to go and pursue that. Yep. Do you think that, uh, you know, that could be the case – for cricket as well, that it might somehow kind of undervalue both the game and the Olympics. Look, Peza, my interest in this is purely a selfish one. Yeah, of um, course. Never vote against self-interest. In that, like, okay, 2028 LA, are we going? Yeah. You know, that, that's that's really my actual interest in this, if I'm, if I'm honest. Mm. Something for the eye, sure. Um, but know, at the same time, when I was looking at how they're going to structure this, it's basically the top six teams in – the world rankings. Oh shit! That's those are the only teams that play this sport. Okay, in, at the Olympics, so there's only six teams. So, and the reason they didn't have a T10 league instead of T20 is because there's no, uh, there's no like world championships in Verticonas yeah. or World Cup of T10, but yeah. there is in T20. Yeah. So they so the Olympics require as part of their uh, like validation process or whatever for a sport to be included is that there must be an existing world championships to couple with yeah. the Olympic gold. Yeah. So I don't like golf being in. I don't really like tennis being in yeah. the Olympics. I like the apex of the sport, to your point, being the Olympic gold medal. You know? Yeah. Uh, like, I thought when you were going to say my interest is purely selfish, uh, you, you were going to say, like, as an Australian, uh, when we, the Olympics we could win. Song, I just fucking, I just, I just live for gold. 
Like I, I just live for that in my body and my soul. That's and true. My spirit. That is true. Like once the Olympics is on, yep. all I do is sniff for gold and anything. I'm, I'm not going to attach myself to anything if there's a gold medal on the line. Decathlon, fucking you name it. Yeah. Archery. Yeah. Some of the great gold medals of all time, uh, you know, uh, uh, where we've all just jumped all over them come from that. Like can the Aussie men and women bring home gold mm. for Australia? I'm there. I don't care where it is for those two weeks that's on. I'm 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 fucking burrowing. Pezza, I'm a child of the Sydney 2000 Olympics. Yes, you are. And for forever in my heart, the Olympics will just be the greatest thing that's on it for those two weeks in yes. September. Imprinting theory. So, and I don't care that countries lose literally millions upon hundreds of millions of dollars from hosting the tournament, and yeah. it's in a bit of trouble. And part of the reason they want to include cricket is to get new audiences into it, especially in the digital space, yes. to try and get some more money so the thing lives on forever. Sure. That's not my concern. No. I was 14 at the Sydney 2000 Olympics and I had a great time. So I need that to live forever because I like swimming. Were you like uh, old enough? Was your brain developed enough to have memories of Perkins 92? Yes. That's probably my first so, Olympic memory. Because you're sitting, because you're, you're sitting in primary school, like you're sitting in class mm. and you know, whether we were getting replays or not, who knows? You're just kidding. Are you talking about, anyway. about 96 lane eight? Atlanta, no, 92, no, 92, 92. Barcelona. yeah, ninety two. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, and you obviously have, like, yeah, and you obviously have Lane. It was before you even get to Lane. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like you, so something something infiltrates you, you know, at the time mm. when 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 that happens, you know, like I, I remember being in primary school and like uh, being asked to color in a medal bronze, and it didn't actually. Uh, so in nineteen ninety two, I was six. It would have been six, maybe seven, depending mm-hmm. if the Olympics were in September. Would have been seven. And, like, I didn't have a bronze pencil. That right. still, still sits with me. You could have the Derwent pencils. No bronze. I don't know if I was getting a cheap set or something, but this is the way the, this is the, way the Olympics gets into you. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. Didn't have a bronze pencil. Well, fuck you. You're seven years old. You color that in bronze. Some teacher's stitching me up. <laughs> But like that's 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 yeah. what the Olympics is for me. Like mm. if if Australia is sending a team to the Olympics, I don't want like one of the great and underreported um, uh, like elements of the Steve Waugh era mm. was cricket being at the '98 Commonwealth Games. Yeah, and we had guys with respect to him like Brad Young playing, and we got bronze. Yeah, it's a Steve Waugh era. Yeah, they're wearing white. They were wearing whites wearing and whites. gold caps, gold yep. baseball caps. Yep. Everything about it was wrong, mm-hmm. and we came home with bronze. It's a stain that, on that it's country. It's a fucking stain. <laughs> so, if 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 cricket's in <laughs> if cricket's in the Olympics, LA, yeah. like th- they they need to start funding that now and in Australia. That means that it will definitely be in Brisbane twenty thirty two. That's what I'm saying because they'll definitely keep it. That's what I'm saying. So they got to go back to all. back. Yeah, back-to-back gold. Can you imagine that? Talk about oh, getting interest. Man, fucking Australia, utopia. That is, this is how Australia re, like, this is how Australia regenerates white ball cricket in this country. I mean, the white ball team has been behind a paywall for about 10 years. Yeah. Australia has no connection to it. Unre- that's, really. that's unrelated. That's it's unrelated. completely unrelated. That's unrelated. But if you tell Australians that there's a gold medal on the line, maybe back-to-back. Holy 28, shit. 28-32. 
Even if it's being played, well, uh, Brisbane's probably our time. Probably. <laughs> Pretty good daylight savings, you're out. Uh, <laughs> um, maybe, the Austra- maybe this is what CA have been waiting for. Maybe. To get the team, to get white ball cricket humming again in this country. Mm. Something to think about. Should we talk to Jake? Yeah. Here's Jake Fraser McGurk, and after that. Here's Jake. <laughs> Parat Sundaraisen. Peter Siddle. Peter, um, welcome to the Great Cricketer Podcast. You got any response to, uh, to Jofra? <laughs> well, not much. I've got to face him. So. Yeah, gonna, yeah. <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> so yeah, how you going, mate? Yeah, yeah. Congratulations yeah. on the t- <laughs> on the, t- on the t- on the test debut. Like everything you've done for Australia in the Big Bash has been great. Uh, <laughs> can you please look after me? <laughs> um, well, that'll, like you said, that'll make headlines everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it'll just be Pezza doing the next couple of interviews as he goes is way laid now on the weekend. This man smashed the fastest list A century in the world ever, clouding a ton from 29 deliveries. How'd you hit him? Uh, in a losing side, no less. Uh, some call him the rooster. Some call him Jake Fraser Berserk. It's Jake Fraser McGurk. Jake, uh, welcome to the great cricketer. How do we address you? Rooster, J-Mac, uh, can you just let me know? Anything, mate. You can call me absolutely anything. Rooster, probably preferred, but yeah, yeah. Rooster is okay. First things first, Rooster. Um, what a knock. Uh, let's be real up front. Uh, absolute destruction. Australian cricket fans at home and abroad uh, are frothing at the pure throbbery uh, of the innings. You're young. You're carting everybody around. The nation's needed this. Uh, it's the stuff dreams are made of. That's just a comment from me. I don't want you to respond to that. What I do want you to respond to is – like you, you are on uh, the cricket world's lips at the moment. Um, I'm sure you're well versed in discussing all the obvious questions. Uh, so what I want to know is like, has anyone asked you how you went on the weekend without actually knowing the result? Like, and if so, what did you answer? And if that didn't happen, let's role play it. Like, g'day rooster. How'd you go on Sunday? Yeah. So it, it didn't happen, but we can role play it. Yeah. Um, hey, hey rooster, how'd you, how'd, how'd you go? Yeah, went all right. Um, just didn't, team didn't get up, but yeah, I had a pretty good day. Oh, I missed. Okay. Yeah, how, how, how'd you go? How'd you, how'd you hit him? Um, yeah, I got a few away early, but um, yeah, obviously pretty upsetting that the boys couldn't get up. Um, I was only out there for about 30 balls, so yeah, got a few away early. Oh, how, how, how many did you get? Oh, uh, 125, one, yeah, 125, I think, yeah. Yeah, I'll, yeah, short and sharp, I think. <laughs> short and sharp. <laughs> Mate, um, congratulations on the knock, obviously. Uh, I, I noted you said in the press, in the serious press, uh, straight after the innings or after the game, you said, yeah, was gutted not to get the win. Um, so you've hit a world record ton and you got to sit in the losing dressing room after that. Like, can you be honest and tell the world who's listening uh, just how good that feeling would have been in the sheds? Oh, it was, it's tough because like, yeah, we're, it? <laughs> we're, like I was generally very upset that we didn't get the win. Um, cause we were actually, we needed six and a half for after the 17th over. So I thought we were in high chance, but then again, we had a pretty good day. So 
yeah, you, you win some, you lose some, but yeah, I think I've, I've come out on a, on a good boat. Okay. I've got a couple other questions for you. <clears throat> so you broke the world record, but didn't you have a responsibility to go on with it? Yeah. Hedy, Hedy actually came up to me and said, um, you left 200 out there. So mm. I, um, that was today actually in, in the gym. So yeah, I was pretty disappointed. Um, I left a few out there. Okay. <clears throat> True or false? Have you proactively slid into AB Davilia's DMs with regards to the record? Uh, and if so, will you share the general gist of what you said? It's false as of now. Um, I've got a draft draft happening in, in the DMs just to see if he's awake. But um, but yeah, yeah, we might get that happening, and, and you'll be the first to know. Thank you. But you don't want to. I mean, do you want to draft it together, or like, or is that just a sort of a solo? I was thinking more of like a, hey, you up. Question mark. Hey. Um, uh, like, you know, probably in the same way that, you know, TJC slid into your DMs after a good knock. Uh, I'm sure you've heard from a lot of people this week that you sort of strangely haven't heard from uh, for a little while. Like what's, what's the best or most noteworthy text message you've received, um, even if, you know, especially from someone you might have heard of for a while. You don't have to name names or whatever, but it, is it, can you give us a general, like a media rounds of the kind of messages you're getting and who's turning up and, and what's being said? Yeah, there's a few people out of the, um, out of the, out of the woods coming out. Um, I think one of my friends actually is really close to me said, it's interesting how many best friends you've got now. You've got over 300 best friends. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's weird how that happens, but it's also good having people message you because, you know, it never hurts. But, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of people that I haven't heard from in a while come out and say, hey, mate, I'm still here. Well done. I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> have, you heard, have you heard anything from uh, people in and around the, you know, the national side or any, you know, do you get any, like, you don't have to name, but like any, do you get encouragement from people following a knock like that? Um, not many in the, um, in the world cup squad at the moment, but a few sort of long format players have sent a few messages. So that, that, that was good. I was pretty happy with that. Cool. Um, true or false. Have you considered changing your number plate to JFM 29, where the number 29 signifies the number of balls you faced for the ton? I think I actually have to, um, just out of pure respect for, for the record. I think, what are your thoughts? I think I have to, don't I? Do you have a, uh, personalized number plate at the moment yeah i do i do pez and it's um it's jfm 23 so we might have to change that if something else quick 50 you hit or you just like uh michael jordan yeah uh, yeah probably yeah just mj you know me and him pretty close so yeah i'm sorry about this interview by the way because it's not a very fair interview um <laughs> is it I just, last couple, is it only fair that you delivered the keys to the city now I see. Yeah, I have to talk to the to the premier about that. Um, if that's going to happen in due course, but um, we'll see. That's mm. in the works as well. We've got a few we've got a few drafts happening. Um, and yeah, again, I'll keep you posted on that one, Pez. Um, okay, I got a serious question. Uh, a, n- a number of us have played cricket in the Australian system, some higher levels and others, obviously. Uh, where like in Australia, it's important to look to score, but there's also a proper way of doing things 
and if you don't do things the proper way, you can very quickly be discarded or ostracized or whatever you want to say. Like, do, do you, you know, we're, we're seeing what's happening in England with basball. Uh, we're seeing it around the world. Like, do you think Australian cricket generally like supports your kind of cavalier, dare I say, like basball-esque style of play enough? Do you think play and maybe um, elevating it from just a question about you, do you think all players in Australia receive enough um, encouragement to to express themselves, say, the way you do? Yeah, I, I just think it's a huge confidence thing really in the player themselves and, and to have that sort of the coaches and stuff back you up with that sort of regard of how you play. Obviously, it's not for everyone and, and some people do it better than, than others. Like, Hedy does it extremely well in, in test match level. He goes at almost 100 so I, I think that's the way cricket's sort of trending. But, um, yeah, you obviously got to be comfortable with it and, it and it takes a bit of time to to try and do. You can't just go out there and, and just swing with your head in the clouds, which I have done on a few occasions. Um, but, yeah, I think that's the way cricket's trending and you see with England they're doing really well. So who knows really, but, yeah. I, I feel like there's more to that. Like, like you'd have to have a very strong mentality to – continue playing that way and to keep playing for the kinds of days you had on Sunday, right? There's probably plenty of difficult days in and around that. You, you must quite strongly believe in that style of playing and that there might even, you know, that it's worth investing in playing that way, even if it ca- carries so much risk, right? Yeah, definitely. Like if it, when I don't do well, it looks very ugly. Um, that's for sure. But when I do do well, it sometimes it helps us win games and sometimes it, it doesn't. But I think people just sort of have to understand that that's just the way some players go about it. Like Glenn Maxwell's been doing it. He's made a whole career out of it. Um, and those sort of players typically get a lot more sort of hate comments and stuff towards them saying that they don't care as much, but we care just as much about the team and the game about than everyone else does. It just because we play a different style, it looks like we don't care as much. But yeah, I've been through that, and, and I'm sure Maxi has as well. So it's it's just things like that. People just gotta understand that not everyone plays cricket the same way. Um, did you receive any correspondence from anyone who plays for England or helps England in terms of the way they play? Uh just sake saying. David Saker saying well done and all that stuff, but that's he's Renegade's coach as well. So um, I was hoping to get a message from him. If I didn't, I would have been flat. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's about it. You mu- you must watch basketball with some interest. Yeah, high level of interest as well. I was I was stoked to see the way they play, especially yeah. in those Ashes. That was incredible. Yeah. Uh, would Would you like to see more of that style of play, like in all cricket? Absolutely. Absolutely. It gets bums on seats, brings people to watch the cricket way more as well. If we're talking like technical terms, a lot of people are watching England play now because of the way they play and a lot more people coming through this and sitting down watching the game all day because they're making 500 in a day's play in a test match. Like that, that should, if that happens more then cricket's going to be in a way better, way better um, position than it, than it was probably five, six years ago. But on the other hand, Rooster, you know, what about just, you know, um, just working hard uh, and getting your head down? 
That's um, I work hard at, at showing good intent and going at 150, but I, I, it's that's me facing 150 balls for 40 runs is is rarely going to happen. I don't think. I've either checked out or I'm on a few more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it, yeah, it's, yeah. On the one hand, there's sort of entertainment, bums on seats, uh, playing in an exhilarating way, and then yeah, on the other hand, it's just sort of, so just sort of working hard. Uh, I'm just sort of thinking from a grade cricket perspective, and um, it's just it's just the eternal question, isn't it, of cricket? Yeah, I think like you've got some people that want to take it on. You've got some people that want to work hard and and get in the grind and stuff. But that's not me. I find that quite boring actually. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's just the way I play in the cricket, and I think more people should. But tomato, tomato, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, same, same cream of the crop, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, look, just, just finally, Rooster. Um, is it true that you have a TikTok account devoted to your golf swing? Mm, I do. There's a bit of cricket on there as well, a few net sessions, but it's more highlighted around my golf swing and purely driver swings, I think, because iron swing looks very ugly, but um, the driver's probably the best club in the bag at the moment. Probably go check it out, actually. It's um, doing all right. It's not too bad. It's getting up there. Where are you at followers-wise? Couldn't tell you about the followers. I think mid-2000s, mid, mid 2000s, that's about it. But yeah. some views, some views there. I'm happy yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and yeah. engagement would be high as well. It's not just about followers. Yeah, we're talking about it. Bums on seats, even even if it's um, online as mm. well. Just Thumbs on screens. Up. Thumbs on screens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't have the TikTok app to be honest, and and I'm like, I'm obviously showing my age deeply there. Like we have, we have an account. T just has an account. Yeah. Stuff goes on, but I, I so the thing with me with TikTok is that like. I used to upload TGC videos to TikTok. I know how to do it. I know the mechanics of it. Uh, that bit's all fine. But the app is so f- like so quick to throw you a screen immediately of a woman scantily clothed dancing, and then all next thing you know, you've scrolled through five or six, and you've forgotten that you're just you're just there to upload a piece of content. And I just didn't need that in my life. Yeah, I, I can see that, but some people also do need that in their life, and um, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm one of them. I'm not saying I'm not. Yeah, but it's um, yeah, definitely people have that sort of interest, and that's why they have the app. But yeah, yeah I'm purely on the app for just golf swing related TikTok. Golf so swing, yeah. yeah, golf content for sure. Yeah, and, all oh, golf, yeah, mate. Fed as well. You'd only get fed golf content. Yeah, yeah, just because that's what I'm posting, and that's the algorithm, isn't it? <laughs> And it's cyclical. It feeds back on itself. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly yeah. right. So uh, that that's good. Hey, Rooster, great to chat with you for the first time. Uh, I hope it's the first of many. Uh, love the way you play. Uh, thanks for giving us hopefully a unique insight into you know what life is like for a world record holder post innings um, beyond the questions of gee, you hit them well that day. Uh, Mate, really appreciate it. Short notice. I know you've got lots of media rounds to do. Um, you've got some uh, work to do on your car vis-a-vis your um, – oh, the federal police is after me. Uh, vis-a-vis your number plate, uh, you've got some TikTok content to get through um, and some keys to the city to receive from the Premier. Yeah, it's, it'll be a busy week, mate, but um, I'll always make time make time to talk, chat to you, Pez. So, uh, yeah, busy week ahead. Keep you posted on all the things we talked about as well. 
Jeez, brother, that'd be great. Jack Fraser McGurk. India, 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 India. India, 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 India. India, 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 India. Always a pleasure to have Bharat Sundarajan with us, Australian correspondent for Crick Buzz and appearing in many other media channels. I saw him at Offsiders on the ABC on uh, Saturday or Sunday. He's got the Mitch Johnson podcast, which we'll ask him about as well. Um, Bharat, it's probably the nature of uh, – you're, you're in India. You're in luck now. It's a nature of tournament play, but I, I hear lots of commentary at trying to deduce patterns and trends from the World Cup already. Everyone's only played one game. I'm hearing, you know, yeah. 350 is going to be par. I'm also hearing you need a second spinner. I'm hearing you need a finger spinner. Then I'm hearing you need seamers. Uh, are there any patterns and trends from this World Cup, or is it just a case of play well on the wicket that you're given? Look, uh, uh, Sam, I've already decided not to uh, float any patterns uh, or any trends because the day after I say, oh, the South Africa-Sri Lanka game, that's the future. No, it's the present. Australia made 199 and 50 overs. And and 199 is a significant score when you talk about trends. Because on that day when South Africa made the 428 or so, they kept showing uh, highlights of the 1999 clash between South Africa and Sri Lanka where South Africa had made 199 and 50 overs and uh, you know I, I, I was like every uh, uh, you know you go through a stage where you look at your parents and go <laughs> you guys were so boring that'll never happen again what do you know the next day I'm covering a game where Australia end up making 199 so I think this is going to be that kind of tournament uh, the pitches will be different uh, obviously the pitches will change uh, not just based on where it's being played uh, but who's playing in those games as well? Um, and, and clearly, I mean, India have decided that, uh, you know, against some opposition, they need a certain kind of pitch. Uh, and it worked out. I, I know this is an ICC tournament and all of that. But uh, look, why not? I mean, they're playing at home. And clearly the pitch in Chennai was exactly the kind of pitch they wanted. And uh, they bossed that game. Yeah, uh, like Australians and English are like happy to have home advantage when it suits us. But it's just not the right kind of home advantage uh, when India yeah. has it. That's about right, isn't it? Okay, so you you are at Chepuk. Uh, it's a special place, right? I, I want to talk about the game, and but but firstly, Chennai. Uh, like he, he goes and I are desperate to go there next year just to see Donny, to see the God, you know, one last time before he exits stage left. Like, can you explain what gives that place its vibe? And were Australia were Australia doomed from the outset once we had a look at that deck? Uh, uh, look, but that's the thing with uh, Australian and English teams when they come to India. Uh, I, I, it's almost like you need to have like an image or like wear these virtual glasses when you go out to watch uh, or look at the pitch for the first time so that you see green or you see something else and not the actual pitch because they get so spooked already. Uh, and, and look, I mean, having said that, most of these Australians are so used to playing cricket in India. Uh, and I think Steve Smith did say that it felt like he was play, facing Jadeja in a test match and not uh, so much in a one day, uh, uh, you know, after he was uh, uh, done by him yet again. Uh, but look, Chennai itself, uh, it's, a, it's, it's a crazy place. Look, I origin my ancestral home, of course, I'm from Bombay. 
the way they get behind uh, their superstars, whether it's politicians, whether it's movie stars, or whether it's cricketers, uh, it, it's to another level. I mean, there are shrines within Chepok uh, for MS Dhoni, where, uh, uh, and it's a painted mural, Sam, and every time he wins a trophy, they actually kind of uh, redo it and add another title to his name. And there are painted murals of every uh, famous cricket uh, uh, event there. And I think a lot of that also has to do with the fact that before our Ashwin, I mean, obviously, Tamil Nadu created uh, a lot of test cricketers and one-day cricketers. They never really had their own big superstar in cricket. Um, so they had to kind of adopt MS Dhoni. Uh, and who have always said uh, that MS Dhoni Chennai love story completely changed the geography of uh, cricket fandom in India. Uh, mm. And they found their um, you know own... Rajnikanth in a cricketer form. Uh, it, it's it's a commonality of like Australia and the UK, I think, to look at cricket in India and even look at this tournament and ask questions about the why the World Cup doesn't look exactly the same as the way the World Cup might look when it's here or way it might look while uh, it's in the UK. You're on the ground there. Like, can you sort of? generally describe the vibe around the World Cup, whether people feel like it has properly commenced now that India have dispatched Australia, uh, you know, how it is, you know, going uh, through your eyes? Very different to 2011, uh, Sam. The last time a men's 50-over World Cup was held here. Back then I was working for uh, an Indian newspaper and I remember the build-up uh, went like three months back. We were—I did everything from interview Jeffrey Archer uh, and put words in his mouth as well. But that's a story for another day. But I remember there was so much buzz. It was all about oh, the last dance for Sachin Tendulkar, though nobody called it that. Uh, because dance and Sachin Tendulkar are two words that never went hand in hand. <laughs> I've actually never seen Sachin Tendulkar dance, but I digress. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, it, it was different. But one thing I've learned is, uh, and I'm kind of really impressed with India on that front is India has finally become, uh, and I, I don't mean that the, those playing it or running the sport, but Indian Indian people have become, started becoming more uh, uh, multi-sport fans. Uh, and, and the likes of Neera Chopra has had a lot to do with it. I mean, uh, winning India, their first ever athletic gold medal. And then he's just been obliterating records everywhere else and winning trophies. Uh, and I landed here, what, a week ago in Hyderabad for that warm-up game only to see David Warner bowl. Uh, and uh, the, the buzz has been different because the uh, the focus still last Sunday, even though India started their campaign, was can this Indian contingent get to 100 medals in the Asian Games mm. going uh, on in China? So even you look at the newspapers, yes, I mean, there were World Cup reviews and stuff, but uh, they were sharing space with a lot of wonderful stories of Asian Games and uh, medals coming from there. Albeit, uh, one of the last medals India won was the men's team, men's cricket team uh, winning a gold medal. So there were 22 players who played for India, funnily enough, across Saturday and Sunday. One team won a gold medal, uh, but the other team uh, uh, beat the team in gold, green and gold, mate. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, 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 is, it is a fresh, fresh kind of feeling. And, and just on that, um, I was speaking to my ex, ex-boss who made me do all that work uh, three months leading into the World Cup 12 years ago. And uh, he said that a, a month or so back, you might remember, uh, there was this big chess World Cup chess final when uh, a young Indian teenager was taking on Magnus Carlsen. And uh, the, uh, in the Indian Express uh, news website, they were live blogging that and live blogging Jasprit Bumrah's big international cricket comeback. And apparently the chess had five times uh, the hits 
that Bumrah's comeback had, which is unthinkable, uh, you know, uh, even five years ago. Uh, so I think all that has played into it. But now that the Asian Games is over, uh, the focus will shift. But trust me, it'll go from India match to India match, right? Like now the whole build-up, even though India playing Afghanistan will be towards the uh, that granddaddy of them all or whatever Ravi Shastri calls them these days. I don't know what relation is left. He's called it, called them everything. So has <laughs> everyone else. So it, it'll, it'll lead up to that. Um, and then it, depending on how India go, uh, if it looks like India just going to coast into the semi-final, the interest levels will drop a little bit again and then pick up again once they get to the semi-final. So it is a different India and we just have to accept it. Yeah, I'd like to stay on that as the tournament progresses, but not labour the point right now. So let's go like back on field. Uh, Australia dismantled in Chennai. Uh, they go to luck now. Um, Finch is saying we need more aggro with the bat. Uh, others are, are saying SOS the goat. Um, should we reserve judgment or should we crack heads open and feast on the goo inside? You almost feel like the first 15 overs of, with both bat and ball, they dominated uh, right uh, on that pitch or slow pitch. Uh, I thought they did everything right, winning the toss, electing to bat. They were scoring at uh, just under five and over. Uh, David Warner and Steve Smith looked to have really uh, got uh, on top of the conditions to the extent they started backing, batting in their uh, uh, the yellow caps. Uh, and I immediately felt like we were back in 1998. It was a classic Darren Lehman, Tom Moody, 1998 uh, one-day series kind of feel to it. Um, uh, but then, you know, the collapse happens. And, and for me, the concern with Australia, Sam, in this tournament is what happens after number three. I mean, Manas Labushain, um, as his assistant batting coach, uh, unofficial, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm really happy that he's back in one-day cricket, but he's just kind of made one-day cricket his own uh, eight innings ago. Uh, so he's still pretty fresh in that format. And then Alex Carey's form, everybody's been talking about, and I'm sure we will as well, uh, has been uh, up and down. Cam Green and Marcus Stoinis, uh, whichever one you play with bat, uh, they've blown hot and cold. And Glenn Maxwell's Glenn Maxwell. I mean, he's going to play great innings. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's good to see him float around in that batting lineup. Uh, but uh, you, he does need five and six or whoever is around him to uh, have some kind of form. Because before you know it, you enter, uh, get into Pat Cummins and Mitchell Stark. It is a pretty, from one-day standards and just looking at the makeups of some of the other teams, Having Mitch Stark slash Pat Cummins at now is a longish lower order or longish tail. So uh, I think that's what Australia's biggest concern is and that they got exposed again with the ball. But don't you worry. Uh, I noticed one thing yesterday while I was walking around Lucknow, Sam, and I'm sure you'll appreciate this as an old school, hardcore, hard nut Aussie. Uh, mm. uh, there was, uh, you know, I, I, at the ICC World Cup, you're not allowed to shoot any nets or uh, do anything with the nets. So I had to go find myself one. You know how obsessed I, I am. It. So I was just walking around looking for some coffee and there was a, a, a classic makeshift uh, cricket net going on. There's this one guy, uh, a coach, uh, who's running his own batting academy, he said. Uh, and there were like these kids ranging from, I guess, 7 to 14, I'm going to say. And he was giving them throwdowns. Obviously, once he saw me bring the camera up, uh, his throwdowns got a little more fierce. <laughs> and he hit one kid in the nuts. Like, he must have been 13 or so. And, uh, like, you know, the other boys ran up to him. The kid's, like, on the floor, like, you know, crawling around. And he he walks up to them, asks them to disperse. And he says, this is how you toughen up. In Hindi, he says, let him lie down there. 
he should have played that ball better. We'll wait for him to get up and then we'll commence. And I was like, Justin Langer is coming to the perfect city to coach a, an IPL team. That's <laughs> that's that's the Aussie spirit, right? So uh, I'm going to show that clip to every Australian uh, team member I'm going to see over the next couple of days uh, because they they would be inspired. I mean, that's the I mean, no more un-Australian then. That that term that gets thrown around whenever Australia yeah. lose. No, 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 no. We'll 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 make them Australian again. And this is the city to be. That's right. I had a coach in grade cricket who denied us water during fitness, saying that that water was soft. And by the same token, uh, if you get hit in the penis, you shouldn't treat it. Uh, now, uh, Kale Rahul Bharat, um, <laughs> when we were in yeah. India in February, uh, he goes and I are doing live shows. Uh, I would say 85% of people were baying for his blood, even from his own hometown of Bengaluru. Now, maybe that was confined to test cricket. Uh, he looked absolutely majestic uh, on Sunday. Uh, when he's on, it doesn't get much better. Like, like is India behind KL at the moment? They certainly are. Uh, uh, and all of a sudden. But uh, KL Rahul is an interesting one, Sam. Um, you go back, to, he's been around for so long, but he still always feels like uh, he's the kid trying to, uh, you know, finally spend his place in this side. Because he's batted at so many different positions in the batting order is suddenly the wicket keeper is like back we're back in 2003 and Rahul Ravid uh, is keeping wickets right it's kind of similar to that uh, but I think with KL Rahul India have really never got him uh, because Indian fans or Indian people uh, like to kind of tag people as okay he's urban he's uh, kind of rustic he's so that it, they find it easier to relate with with the cricketer or whichever celebrity it is. With KL Rahul, they've never really got him. He, he speaks a posh kind of English, but, you know, um, he's, he used to be best friends or he was best friends with Hardik Pandya. Uh, uh, he, he, at times, uh, can come across as being a bit too urban uh, to, to hit the collective mass. Uh, and he's not someone who appears in a lot of advertisements. And now, it uh, you know... It, in a way, he didn't help his cause when he uh, the runs weren't coming that he got. It's not his fault. He did nothing wrong. But he was dating a very proper, uh, prominent Indian actor's uh, daughter who then he got on to marry. Uh, to, to marry. Uh, but, you know, those things have always kind of worked uh, for and against KL Rahul. People have never really got the real KL Rahul. The Indian media as well. You speak to, they're often the best judge of uh, how pe- the rest of India uh, perceives a, if an Indian cricketer. Uh, you never get uh, a good answer. Yeah, he's a talent. He does this, he does that. But have you seen him speak in press conferences, is what they say. Uh, I, I don't know, it has nothing to do with the cricketer. But just from a cricketing sense, uh, I remember he made the shift to the middle order around 2020. Uh, this is just before COVID. I remember being in New Zealand for a one-day series. And he was sublime. Um, you know, he's really found this role... Uh, and he's nailed it down. And that was the big issue for India in 2019, wasn't it? Where uh, they didn't know who their number four was. As a result, number five got compromised. But here in, uh, uh, or here at number five, they have someone who really knows what he's doing. And he has that extra gear as well these days. Um, so I think he, he could well be the guy who gives India the, the kind of balance that they need which they didn't have four, four years ago. Rohit Sharma had said uh, when he took over as captain, didn't he, that we need someone for that 10 for 3 kind of day. And KL Rahul is that guy, as he proved the other day. 
All right. Uh, that's all we got time for, mate. Thanks so much for sharing your knowledge. We really appreciate it. Just finally, uh, you're also doing a podcast with Mitch Johnson uh, just to add to the cricketing discourse that you're involved in. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what it's like to do a podcast with one of the most frightening men on the field of all time? And the, one of the softest men you'll ever meet uh, of the field. And oh. by soft, I mean one of those genuinely nice people. I know. I, no, it, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, and you call him Mitch Johnson. And the reason we call the podcast the Mitchell Johnson Show is we discovered at one point, whenever you speak of uh, the fast bowler, it's always Mitchell Johnson, right? It's always Mitchell Johnson who toured through England. Mitchell Johnson knocks someone out. Uh, but then there's the Mitch side of him, the vulnerable, really sensitive side. You know, he's battled mental health, uh, depression, anxiety, and he's been so vocal about it. Um, and it's been a privilege to get to know him really well over the last three, four years. Uh, and the whole concept of the show, Sam, is where does Mitchell end and where does Mitch start and 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 vice versa. Not just now, but during his playing days, all the self-doubts he played with. You never made, you could make that out while watching him. Uh, there were days you could actually, but mostly when he was like, you know, just running in with the more, you couldn't make that out. So I think that's what the journey is for us to kind of, uh, for for everyone else to find out about this side of him. Uh, or the many sides of him, but it's also a very therapeutic process for him. The more he talks about it, the more he discovers a lot about himself. So it's a very, um, uh, it's it's a cricket show, but it's so much about uh, one man. And it's a very human interest show a, a, as a result. We all can learn so much about uh, just battling um, uh, demons in your head or just battling insecurity while being famous and not being famous. Um, and and still being successful. So I think, uh, oh, thanks for the plug, but I, I really do think that uh, people will, uh, people even who aren't cricket fans can really relate with what he says and get behind him. That's where you catch the Mitchell Johnson podcast after you listen to ours, uh, everybody. Bharat Sundarajan from Lucknow in India. Thanks so much for joining us, brother. Anytime, brother. Can't wait. <laughs> Thank you very much to those two gentlemen for joining our fair program this morning, this afternoon, whatever time you're fucking listening to this. Hey, hashtag AskTGC is brought to you by Ponting Wines, where yeah. you can use the code get a few, all one word, get a few for 20% off at pontingwines.com.au. You can go to that website. Wines delivered straight to your door. Pez, what do you want to talk about today? Do you want to talk about uh, Chardonnay? What about Pinot Gris? Do you, about, do, you to, do you want me to talk about Pinot Grieve with you? Do you, do you have a relationship with that uh, particular grape? Um, I don't have a strong relationship to Pinot Grieve necessarily, but I have a relationship to it. I like Pinot Grieve, yeah. I'm talking about something else. No, no, no. I don't, I don't, get, I don't get into the, uh, the the whiter wines, if you will. I like yeah. Unless I'm with my rich uncle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you want to go with that? What's that correlation? <laughs> He just knows how to select a good wine. He wears a brightly coloured chino, like yes. a red chino. And a cravat. And a cravat. And he's a <laughs> and member at Lords. <laughs> uh, yeah, t- tell, tell me about Pinot Gris. Okay, well, Pinot, uh, the, the Ponting's wine for Pinot Gris is called Captain's Call. Ponting, mm. Captain's Call, oh. Tasmanian Pinot Wouldn't Gris. Wouldn't you want one of them from Ponting? A very, oh, 
what okay. I wouldn't give. Just quickly, parentheses. Yes. Any captain, Australian captain that's been alive in your lifetime, let's actually expand it to any captain of an international team, mm. men or women, in your lifetime that you'd like to receive the call from to say you've been selected in the national team. Mm. Admittedly, be a bit off if it was a women's team, but <laughs> it is 2023. So I'm just Alexa offering... Healy. I'm just... <laughs> Just offering that. What, what, what voice do you want at the end of that phone and how old are they? What's in my the life? In your lifetime, yeah. Okay, do you want to do dead or alive? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's narrow these parameters. It's just anyone, yeah. anyone, male or Bradman female. calls up, play the game for the games. <laughs> <laughs> in intercolonial fixtures. <laughs> no, I want... Wild records. Uh, okay, dead. Benno. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Getting that call. Mm-hmm. Okay, but in my lifetime, any captain, any sport, any sport now. Or did you, or did you say? I just meant like a globe, like a cross cricket globe. But do you want to go to sport now? Now, just any person. Ah, okay, no, okay, okay. Captain, any any captain in my lifetime. Phil Jackson, yeah. See, I mean, Ricky Ponting's a close personal friend now, so yeah. you know I receive calls from Ricky all the time. Yeah. To make sure we're reading these ads for him. <laughs> That's most definitely not true. Not true. <laughs> I couldn't be sure he'd still know us by name. I'm not 100% sure yeah. he knows my name. Yeah, yeah, me neither. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Pinot Gris. Yeah, it's a good Pinot Gris. The captain's call. A very limited release wine crafted from fruit sourced from a pristine single vineyard site in the Coal River Valley. Ricky finished his international career with the most victories as an Australian captain. Ricky mm. was the Australian cricket captain in 2004, 2011. And his successes included 48 test victories in 77 tests. He was also part of three successful World Cup campaigns. Two was captain, which also included a 34-match winning streak. Fucking hell, man. Yeah, man. Like, I'm just trying to get the... Uh, Fuck, the, the that intro, is good. The intro did for London, like like that, that intro for Ponting coming on stage, yeah. when you actually just piece together his achievements... It's it's a joke, like what he's actually done for Australia. See if I can get it up. Uh, what were we like? That was he the first or second show? He was, oh, it was the, the first. Second. It was the first. Ali Pally. First before show. Before we got to first show. Now hang on. See if I've got it here. Oh no, this is from 2019. Ooh, a, it was a different time for us. Uh, <laughs> can you just keep talking? I'm gonna see if I can find it. Uh, Ricky says, as a captain. Always being on, thinking about field placements, bowling changes, batting orders, and tactics, making calls that impacted the game was a privilege. That's what Ricky said about being captain. The captain's call. The Tasmanian Pinot Gris 2023. The Ponting captain's call. Tasmanian Pinot Gris. Pontingwines.com.au. Use the code GETTER for you. don't have to read it. For 20% week. off. Do you want to hashtag RCGC? Hashtag RCGC. This is from Jacob. Ian and Sam. Hi. I hate myself. Please help me with this issue. I'm a former grade cricketer, retired from the sport two years ago when I realised I hated playing, but have recently started dating the daughter of a former test cricketer. After dinner and a wine at their house a few nights ago, he began asking if I would be interested in returning to the sport at a club that he is on the board of. I have no interest in doing so and refused. He insisted. 20 minutes later, I'm in his backyard with a tennis ball being commanded to roll the arm over. (laughs) My girlfriend was asked to film. (laughs) Hot. He stands to watch with a glass of Malbec. That'd be a ponting one. (laughs) Clearly being outfit and feeling the pressure, I reluctantly agreed to bowl a couple down. 
Dad has the head coach on speed dial, ready to make the call if I impress. <laughs> After the first rock, he elects to run around the corner and grab a plastic cricket bat to face up. I'm now unsure what the best move is. Do I bowl fast and potentially hurt this old man? Or do I take pace off and potentially embarrass myself? Conundrum. I choose to bowl as fast as I possibly can, full and outside off, risk-free. 15 minutes later, he has called the coach and all of a sudden I am registered to the club. Not a single part of me wants to play this sport. How do I get out of this? Cheers, Jacob. Uh, there is no getting out of it. There, there, I mean, there is no That's getting out of it. a hell of a scene. If your partner's dad wants you to do something, you're fucking doing it. Mm. Like, like if, you're, <laughs> if, you're, if yeah. your partner's dad asks you to pass something across the table and you just go, nah then that's the end of that relationship, yeah. whether you like it or not. Now, if yeah. he's asking you to fucking play cricket, you're fucking playing some cricket. And not just playing cricket, you're fucking playing some cricket. And the thing is, Jacob, you selfish cunt. <laughs> <laughs> you got to understand. <sighs> Pretty sure my, girlfriend's, have... my girlfriend's dad listens to this, by the way. He's going to ask me to do stuff now. <laughs> well, you too then. Like, you fucking selfish You selfish cunt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you got to understand <laughs> that, like, you know, you're the you're – the f- this this man is is the father mm. of of the woman that you are dating and everything that goes with that. You must understand that. Imagine from his perspective, you walking into his house, you're with his daughter, and let's say I don't know where she's at in her dating journey and how much experience there's been for for the dad. Now I don't want to and I don't want to apply stereotypes here of like it would be hard for the daughter to let go of the daughter that kind of. Thing. I'm not a girl dad, you know, so I'm not I'm not fully there mm-hmm. or, or understanding of that. But like if you're going to go into his house, drink his wine yeah. that he's he's providing for you, yeah. you're going to date his daughter. Wow. And uh, he asks you would you roll the arm over for the club? I played for Australia. And you're yeah. like, well, I don't know, man. Yeah. Don't know if I'm going to do that. Yeah. You're a fucking shut mate, the fuck shut up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's fucking, it's called tax. Put your fucking whites on, you weak little coat. Now, speaking of the entire, uh, like, discourse of, uh, <laughs> like, f- fathers-in-law and cricket. Yeah. It reminds me of like, when go. I first started dating, uh, I think by, by now I've mentioned my wife enough, Tori, uh, many, like a long time ago. Um, I was at uh, her parents' place. They were having a barbecue or some party or some shit. I don't know. And uh, I was new on the scene. What were they drinking? Uh, a he Pinot drinks, Gris? Uh, a Pony Wines Pinot Gris. Uh, <laughs> 14 years before it. Use the, use the code GET A FEW. I'm sure they use the code GET A FEW. <laughs> 20% off. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, no, I did. Yeah. Uh, no, um, he would have he, he would have been drinking something else. But um, Okay. I remember, like, I, I was, I can't remember if I was still playing grade cricket or just finished, but I was um, shamefully, like, attempting to impress him with my attainments in okay. gr- in grade cricket. Okay. And, uh, and this is obviously going to have a, uh, you know, I, I see what the, the like, what's going to happen when I say this, but I, I, I dropped to him in a bid to impress him mm-hmm. shamefully yeah. that I had played in a game of cricket against Brad Haddon. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Like the bloke, Hads, how are you? Hads will appreciate that. Tory's dad, like a uh, very well-performed man in his career uh, and mm-hmm. um, MCC member, yes. footy-based. Okay, yeah, can, sure. Yeah, you can go to the cricket. Yeah, options. It, um, it, it, it would have worked at the Paris Centre Town in Melbourne. Yes. Right? This yeah. is how normal people talk. Yes. And just couldn't have given less of a fuck yeah. that I had – I'd been like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, Hads was playing. Who the fuck's Ben Hudson? It, it, it was like that. 
Now, if I'd, if I'd mentioned that I knew Luke Ball or something like that from St Kilda, then I think I would yeah. have been, you know, like... Bally! Yeah. <laughs> I do know Bally. Sydney Tigers. Nathan Robertson Ball. He's a 300 poles for the club. Played every grade. Um, <laughs> no, but I remember, yeah, like mm. uh, mentioning... I thought that that might have been sort of like I wanted to demonstrate to him that I was mixing with people of repute. Yep. And he would have barely heard of Brad Haddon uh, yep. and didn't give a shit yep. at all. Probably sitting there going like, why is this bloke talking to me about his parkies attainments? Yes. yes. Uh, um, the on the the shoe was on the other foot. So what my first he was playing. <laughs> yeah. <sorry. laughs> yeah. Well, my first girlfriend that I had when I was like, I was in a proper relationship I had when I was like 18 or 19 or mm-hmm. something, um, her dad was a well-known um, artist in Australia, as in a right. musician. Oh, yeah. And cool. um, and we the first time I ever met him, it was like a family affair, uh, and he just like, he just brings out the axe. Oh. And he starts- How long into the occasion? Oh, uh, a couple of hours. So, so, so we've so, had a couple of wines or a couple of beers. Or yeah, whatever. I can't remember if I was drinking or not, but yeah. it, I, I was young. So, mm-hmm. and obviously, like I think it was, a, yeah, it would have been the first like um, dad that I would have met from, yeah. a, like you know, dating well, you'd have been the first bloke that the possibly, your girlfriend's possibly, I would have yeah, thought yeah, so. I would have yeah. thought, and she was the oldest as well. Yeah, not so. the body count yet. <laughs> not yet. So, um, so a lot of pressure on this bloke now. Anyway, mm-hmm. so like a convivial occasion, yeah. um, family home. Family home, yeah. backyard, lovely setting. Uh, Spring, of, summer. It was summer. Yeah. And nice. um, I had to get out of training early. It's a bit of a nightmare yeah, myself. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> nightmare. Sorry, get out of captain. force training. Um, and uh, so lunch, is, lunch has been done. The barbecue's just sun to sim- simmer down, you know, and he, yeah, yeah. And he brings out the axe. He, start, he starts playing. Unprompted. Unprompted. Yeah. <laughs> Walks away. Where'd dad go? <laughs> starts playing. He went out to get through. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he starts playing the guitar. And then, because so at this point, I started playing guitar when I was like, oh, like yes. 15, 16, something like that. Self-taught. Never, I never had like a lesson or anything. What's he playing? Is he just riffing? Or is he? Is he, he, he? So he's playing like some of his own tracks. Yeah. So. Lilting um, or kind of like, you just get straight into it. Lilting. Like, yeah, li- lilting. Sort of picking, picking and then, quietly. You know, then he was like, then he was just like, he was sort of mucking around some new stuff he's been working yeah. on. And then he's like, then he's just like, you know, just, just chatting away, yeah, yeah. you know, about family affairs yeah, while just sort of in fucking picking away. C yeah. minor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, anyway, and then like my partner goes like, oh, Ian plays as well. And I was oh, like, yes. and I was like, the fuck I do. <laughs> <laughs> and he like, so then he like, then he hands me the guitar oh, across yes. the table and goes, Ian, play something. And I was like, nah. <laughs> This guy's one fucking Arias. Yeah. Like, absolutely oh, no man. danger. No danger. Just fucking... Yeah. Anyway, Imagine, well, yeah, yeah. here's classical gas. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Just start absolutely. with a fucking buffalo soldier. <laughs> you know? <laughs> absolutely no danger was I going to play guitar in front of him. Oh, yeah. man. That's good shit. Yeah. That's good, yeah. Father-in-law stuff is good. Yeah. Uh, I think Jacob's in a pretty privileged position there. well he's a selfish cunt as we as but, i mean and th- this is this is kind of uh it's probably it's pretty 4d chess from the mm. ex cricketer yeah from the ex what, what, what are we running, saying he's running a baggy going former test cricketer mm. he knows Doesn't say what country he, well he knows how like he, he goes i'm what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna get this suitor for my daughter <laughs> right where he doesn't want to be yeah, yeah i'm gonna get him right into the arena that's uh will cause him the most problems and particularly permit me to always be the best. <laughs> if 
for my daughter's affections. That's right. right. That's I'm right. Chuck him back into grade cricket. Right. He's gonna fuck around in middle, middle to higher grades, mm. and uh, and he'll never be as good as me. No, perfect. Well played. Uh, get in your hashtag AskTGCs. You can find uh, the – you can contact us via email. It's probably the best way for this here podcast. Or if you want to run in via Patreon, you can do that. You know where to find us there on Patreon. Uh, hope you're enjoying the World Cup so far. Plenty to come on you on uh, on YouTube for TGC and, of course, uh, on Spotify and Patreon, generally speaking. Pairs, anything you want to say? No, brother. Have a great week. <laughs>